0: Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. This is going to be a fun episode. So we just got done doing the Badass Business Summit in Fort Worth, Texas. And during that summit, we had people fly in from all over the U.S. to come hang out and learn how to unleash that inner badass. We heard from amazing speakers and had just an awesome time. And during that that summit, uh, Nicole Dickman, the CEO of Envoy Managed Services and Envoy Financial Services, join me on stage to do a live podcast. It's the first time we've ever done it live, and it was an absolute blast. We had questions from the crowd, a live Q&A, and just a phenomenal conversation as we dove a lot into her story, but gave a lot of practical and tactical advice for people as they are growing their businesses. A couple of things you should know. The audio at the very beginning of this, uh, for some reason, cut out. So by the time we joined the conversation with Nicole, she's already told us that uh, her she started her business when the company she worked for decided they were going to outsource and move her entire team around the US and not wanting to lose the team and everything they'd done, she started a company to keep them together and her company she worked for became her first client and we talk a lot about that journey and that adventure. and where the audio picks up I just asked her specifically um, why she talks about heart and gut all the time so that's where the audio will pick up Um, you also need to know that this is a live Q&A so people from the audience will be asking questions so the audio may be a little catchy in spots but this is a damn good conversation guys enjoy.
1: that's everything right every they say that when you make a decision you can analyze the heck out of it there's a four-letter word heck out of it (laughs) you can analyze the heck out of it but when you have that absolute feeling in your gut and in your heart this is what you're supposed to do you have a better chance of having a long-term happiness as a result in the outcome outcome so (laughs) putting this waving it all together so it is extremely important you can analyze through to paralysis but you have to have that feeling that this is the right way to go. And then when I have that, that's it. Even if it sounds crazy, it's full steam ahead. Right.
0: So when, you, when you're doing IT stuff, you completely geek out on finances. <laughs> like I could do an entire session. She's going to speak at the next summit on finances, right? And you get her talking about the numbers and money. She completely geeks out. But you don't know that much about IT.
1: So it was a complete fish out of water experience. So here I am, finance is my thing. I love working with the IT team, but they're smarter than I am. They know more about everything we're doing than I do. And here I'm supposed to start a company and try to first manage and then lead at some point. And it was really hard going from subject matter expert in finance to completely being the least smart person in the room when it came to what we actually did. So there was a complete change in who I was like insecurity set in it was how do I come into a room and guide and lead and help set the vision when I hardly know what you guys do on a day-to-day basis I just know as a team we get stuff done and we can do it together as a company but how we're going to get there still seems a little bit um, hard to navigate
0: where does that gumption come from to think you're badass enough to pull this off
1: I think it's why I like what you're doing here and why we're all in a room together. Um, Surrounding yourself with people that can see your potential and that when you have that moment of self-doubt can say, no, you've come so far, you can do it. Having good ideas and experiences that can pour into what you're doing, it was having a massive, massive support system. And people saying, even when you don't think you can do it, you guys got this. So that feedback and that surrounding yourself with people that believe in you is super important.
0: So you often talk about that you don't have to have the technical knowledge and all that, and you can, you can lead a team. How has you not being a tech nerd helped you tremendously in your sales conversations and talking to other people?
1: Okay, so first, just let me clarify. So, so
0: Nicole and I do a <laughs> lot of private coaching, right? So, so I know a lot of the inside stuff, so I'm going to try and pull out as much of it as I can.
1: So I'm just going to tell you right now I annoy the team immensely and we talked about yesterday that one of my biggest mistakes was waiting too long to make a decision the analysis paralysis So we were talking about outsourcing one little piece of our function and I had so many questions and it went on for apparently years and I finally decided hey guys this is going to be great we're going to help have these people help with this part of the business in my layman's terms knowing what was going to happen and they're like That was two years and 11 months that we have been asking you to make this decision, but because you didn't know enough about the technology, you didn't make the decision. So trying to figure out how to navigate those waters, and I kind of forgot the question, which would be a surprise to anybody here. (laughs) Learning to navigate those waters and rely on the expertise around you and just believe in them enough to go with thats it's been a learning experience too.
0: Nice. No, so back to the question.
1: Sorry. No, you're, you're
0: good. Right. Um, when you're out talking to CEOs of other companies and you're talking oh, yeah, about... Yeah.
1: The- yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to think that... Was- Shut up, Donnie. I yeah, got it. I got it. I got it. Thank you. Brought the chain back. So I used to be completely insecure about having those conversations, but now I kind of realize that most of the people I'm talking to don't know IT either, and they don't know the acronyms, and they've been fear-mongered, and they've been told, oh, cybersecurity, and this is going to happen, and you have to watch this, and... So being able to talk to someone in layman's terms and say, if I can understand it and make a decision from a business standpoint, you can too, is actually a strength. And then you bring in you know, the heavy hitters that can talk all the acronyms and know all the fancy stuff. But it's actually a strength, being able to just have a real conversation and not have it who's smart enough and who can throw out more acronyms in the conversation.
0: Sound a little familiar about being authentic? So you had a team. Your first client was the company you worked for. Mm -hmm. So you overnight had an instant business.
1: We did with a dozen employees.
0: So it's been just easy from here.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Remember yesterday when we talked about, I started off being a little bit complacent and part of it was the insecurity and trying to get my feet on the ground and figure out what we were doing. But, um, we also had a whale of a client and everyone on our team worked for that company. And our first step was to kind of diversify within that company. But we had it pretty easy, right? Like we still worked with the people that we used to be in an organization with. We kind of knew what we were doing and started off with some complacency. And we can kind of do this. And then you have to shift, right? Because when you get a swift kick in the butt. um, That's a four-letter word. It is a (laughs) four-letter word. I'm so excited. So we had some swift kicks in the butts that finally made us say, wow, we have a good thing. And if we want it to be sustainable, we're going to have to go above and beyond. And then that's sitting back and thinking that the business is just going to knock on our door. And this happened in 2018 first. Our former employer said, you know, we're kind of trying to cut costs and maybe we want to insource some things. And so we're going to have to cut our budget for your organization next year. Okay, so that was the first time when I thought, we have a problem. (laughs) We're going to need to figure out how to not let these people that were part of the reason we started a company go. Because that was the easy decision, right? If you've got four people that they can't pay for anymore, you let four people go. But that went against all of our core values as an organization. So late nights, financial modeling, financial planning, making sure we had money in the bank and could keep a runway going, we decided to accrue profits. From 2018 and cover those team members salaries for a period of time in 2019 and we kind of said if you'll invest in us we'll invest in you and we lovingly called in the growth task force because we're like we got to find a way to cover your salaries next year so let's go. Right. So
0: you've got now an entire team your number one client is trying to completely squash all the budgets now yep. so now you've really got to be a business owner yeah. Right? Because it was almost like you just moved jobs when you started the company. That's true. Right? And now you've got to be a big business owner. You've got to go get new business, new clients, new everything. How easy was that to do?
1: It is hard. It is Hard. I love spreadsheets. Not going out and talking to strangers about technology. Not being on stages. <laughs> Not being on stages. You know, this is completely outside of my comfort zone. It, was, it challenged every cell in my body to think different, act different, overcome my own insecurities, and do it anyway, go out and start having conversations, starting to interact with people, and just figuring out what makes people tick, and can we work together, and are we going to have a good rapport, and um, it's been... A wild wild ride for everyone in our organization it's a lot feel, of pressure do,
0: do you ever feel like an imposter like you shouldn't be the person doing this
1: for a long time it's gotten better um, but I don't think I've ever gotten away from that self-doubt or feeling like wow I'm in this amazing position but it's because the people around me are amazing and I just get the again the opportunity to be a part of it so yeah it can be it can be hard to accept that you are where you are and you have made bold choices and you have done things that have gone against the easy decision and you are a piece of that success. So, again, brain is harder to accept positives, so you have to hear it or think it more often than the negative, but it's definitely been...
0: It's not me calling. (laughs) So what are some of the biggest screw-ups that you made a call, you made a decision, you went through it, and you're like, fuck, that was a bad decision?
1: Not making a decision fast enough. I mean, I think that's been my biggest trend is trying to figure out, I can't make a decision until everything aligns, even though I need to. And I think that's been the biggest thing. No decision in and of itself has been a problem, but making them and then committing to them and then sticking with them, that can be my downfall.
0: How much as you as a person has evolved since you launched this business?
1: I'm nothing like I was six years ago. That's what I was asking you yesterday in the, in the question about your strengths and what if your strengths change because to grow a business I had to go into a completely different direction. Talking to people, going out, networking. I mean networking is definitely a four-letter word to me. It is so hard to have those conversations and to put yourself out there. Um, Forgot
0: the question. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> How many of you guys relate to that though? Right? And that's part of what I want you guys to hear with as successful as a company as she runs. She's still right in the middle of it. Because oftentimes I think when we see successful people, we oftentimes think that they're not going through the shit. Right? They're not, they're, they, don't, they don't struggle like I struggle. And it's just the opposite of that is the actual truth. Right? The, the exact opposite is going on. They're going through the same shit that you're going through. And it's as tough a journey for them as it is for you. The difference being a lot of times is they're still in the fucking game and still going for it. So you've got a team of completely tech people, excluding Miss Carly, who's amazing.
1: She can do technical stuff. Too. Oh, can you?
0: Oh, <laughs> don't shoot me, Carly. Um, right. So you've got all these tech people and then you're the business mind. How are
1: you: <laughs> I heard that from over
0: yeah, yeah. Here. Um, How are you able to manage all of these tech-like people and still run a business?
1: You're welcome. You are not nice. (laughs) Y'all, it's a challenge. So I'm not going to use 2020 as an excuse, but our team um, is used to working remote and used to kind of doing their own thing. We see each other. We don't. You're on a client site. You're at home. Technology can be done from anywhere. And I feel like we had a pretty good thing going. And then even for us, the isolation and just the changes that have happened it's really hard to keep everybody motivated, communicating and interacting without being over So I used to think the strength was kind of the cheerleader, rally the troops, like it might be a D, but I come across I think more as an I, and sort of getting everybody on the same page and motivating and all that stuff, that was a strength. And then I find myself at a loss because the team is having issues, even though we're used to it, working together in this year. So it's constantly reevaluating and figuring out what each of these individuals need to be successful and that changes over time and can we provide that and how do we provide that and never being relaxed on that. Because even though I thought we had it together and oh, we could just work remote, everyone's going to love it. Um, Even we've seen some, I would say, challenges in our camaraderie.
0: Any questions from you guys? Feel free to throw them out. Just say them loud so I can repeat them so they can hear them on the audio.
1: Please ask me questions that aren't that hard. (laughs) 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 Easier questions.
0: So where do you, where are you networking right now? I know you, you've eliminated a lot of networking from your stuff. Where are you hanging out?
1: Okay. So I have made a lot of um, attempts at networking. My, by the way, my first networking (laughs) event was at a chamber thing. And I literally thought I was going to throw up before I walked (laughs) in and I just wanted it to be over and I ended up meeting somebody who was also has been very pivotal in kind of what we've done, just by having a normal conversation. But those kind of classic networking events, I've met great people. But for me, I'm B two B, and so I don't necessarily find the sale there. I just find some really great support systems. So again, it's very business specific. Ours comes. You have a question. Yeah. Okay.
2: How does that relate point or to farmers insurance and and on the finance side how does that relate to an actual business because you, IT is really broad finance is really broad Just tell us what
1: can we it's a really good question Do <laughs> what so tell them
0: what you do like they're four
1: Okay, so we have a joke inside. I'm not supposed to say this, but I call myself the IT toddler because if they can dumb it down and explain it to me in a way that I can make a decision, then I can talk to other people about it. So I should be able to handle four-year-old. <laughs> so it is all of your IT needs. How do you have your data, your, your computers? How do you communicate with others? What is that messaging system that you use? Who do you call when your computer doesn't work? Who do you work with when you need to have access to your data from different locations? Um, It's taking care of all the technology needs so that you can focus on everything else in your business. I want to stop on the technology side and ask, is that clear? Because sometimes that 30-second elevator speech is hard because it is so big. It's really tough to say, this is what we can do for you.
2: But does that make
1: sense to y'all? Because sometimes that feedback's important. Someone can say, oh, I just beautifully told you what we do, and you could say, I have no idea what they just said. So the feedback is good. To make sure it's, uh, that I
2: understand it correctly, it's technology services, complete technology services for small businesses. Small. Would community that community. be it? That
1: is. Yep. So what's your maximum uh, staff? What's What 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 size business? For customers? Yeah. So this is a great question too and it's why I have a hard time when people say you need to know your target audience. I'm like, okay, our largest customer is still our old employer and they are a huge organization with 260 sites and 2,200 users, right? So I can say, wow, I have one huge company and this is how big we can go. But they also have 260 individual locations that are run like a small business that have a handful of employees each. So I like to say that we can take that entire range from your small business with a few people in the office running autonomously, all the way up to a huge organization that has corporate governance and all kinds of rules that go along with it and we can help deploy it from the top down to make sure everything works similarly across all of your geography. I don't know if that was clear, (laughs) I love feedback on this stuff. So you also do
2: financing as well for businesses?
1: okay so y'all remember yeah, look you I can see the <laughs> Oh, okay so by the way that's my finance partner back there jessica she and i do envoy financial so finance can mean a lot of things but for me it goes back to my roots which is what kind of a system are you using to do all of your accounting and your back office functions what kind of reporting are you using to make business decisions do you understand how action a can lead to this kind of financial outcome over here and how do you get the data you need to drive that information or that decision. And so it's putting in the processes and the systems to do that. Great example, Um, we do a lot of QuickBooks and Dynamics work from an ERP perspective. So you've got a system, but you've got people still doing things manually. You've got reports that have junk on them, so you have to come over here and find out all this other information to say, what parts of my business make money? Which different product sets are actually profitable? When am I making money on a service? When I run into overtime, am I still profitable on that job? How does all of that work? So how do we help you and your systems all get that information together? And that's really what we talk about on the accounting and finance side. It's the running of an organization, and it often utilizes technology to do it, but running the organization and giving the owners and the stakeholders information they need. And getting everybody fired up about their job and understanding, you know, I may do payables, but if I'm doing this over here in the system, it impacts everything else all the way through. So kind of showing everyone the full spectrum of how the finances and the business work and getting everybody fired up about their piece in the organization. That's kind of, I jam out on that too. Like everything you do is important. This is why. It can be project-based, hourly, banks of hours. We do monthly. Yeah, we do monthly retainers. We have one project. Yes, which is sort of fun because I like to fix it all and then train and here you go. And then I'll come back and help again when you're ready for some other fun thing. But it can run a full spectrum.
0: So we have a question from the virtual summit that I want to make sure we ask how do you manage the artist customer who is so focused on creating but needs quality tech, specifically Apple? So from, a, from an IT standpoint, how do you manage somebody that's an artist and they're doing creative work and the likes, how do, what kind of tech, how do they manage is this? Is that what she's asking? I, I read it as how do you work with that artist personality who is really focused on the creation thing but needs really good tech that runs on a consistent basis to be able to do their turns it over to our it team no
1: <laughs> well so here's the funny thing um my iphone right now uh since you mentioned apple has programmed in it as the name miss low maintenance and that is what the it team when we all worked at our my former employer called me because i was your most high maintenance user and so to answer your question I, don't, I think all of us are high-maintenance when it comes to, I want to come in, I want to do my work. It doesn't matter if it's creative or financial or it doesn't matter. You need the technology to work so that it doesn't hinder you. And I don't think there is an easy or a hard client. I think all of us want what we want when we want it and we need to get our jobs done. So I don't think it relates to creatives particularly all of us, and everyone needs their technology to work.
0: What size business, how big should your business be either dollar-wise or employee-wise before they use you to outsource their IT works, all their technology to?
1: So again, I'm going to have to answer that with a whole range because some companies just need assistance on a project or an extra set of hands, or they've chosen, I want to do um, an ERP implementation and get everything ready What's to ERP? go. What's ERP? Enterprise resource planning. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't use acronyms. I'm against acronyms. <laughs> but I did just forget the
0: question. Well, I mean, what size business? When, when, when do they use a company like yours?
1: Uh, we help everyone from I'm starting up and I'm getting ready to go. And this is what you need from an IT and a finance perspective, all the way to huge companies that say, Right now IT has very few people in the department but more than ever we have a million projects so we can come in and be your extra set of hands. So it can be anything from a small company that has a few users that needs us to come in every now and then and help all the way to a huge one that needs users accessing us constantly. So it's the full range. I think that's what makes it hard too is some of you guys are creatives and you have amazing things to offer But you want to be flexible. How flexible is too flexible? And then how do you define when you talk to somebody how you can actually help them? That's still one of the things I'm struggling with is framing that messaging um, so it really starts the conversation.
0: been wanting to change things up a little bit on how we talk about our sponsors and the people who help make this show great so this is going to be a little bit different style of commercial Mm -hmm. family fund has been supporting families of first responders for a number of years and it all started as a idea of stacy and michael mcgovern who are the founders of Blue Family Fund, and it's a really unique story. But instead of me telling you, hear it in Stacy's words of why they started Blue Family Fund.
2: Because I wanted to give back. I wanted to do more. You know, we had been so successful in our for-profit business that um, we looked at each other and we said, "You know how can we how can we pay this forward?" My husband and I, how, you know, how can we pay it back? Pay it forward. My grandfather, when I was growing up, always used to tell me, you know, in life you get what you give. And um, I'm a big believer in that. You know, what you put out there, you sometimes get back threefold. So we really just wanted to do more. We were already helping police officers, you know, with off-duty work. So how could we help the families? You know, as a family of a police officer, I understand that it's just as hard on the family as it is the actual officer. How could we do more for them um, by providing maybe scholarships for their dependents, or financial aid for the dependents
0: that want to uh, pursue higher education. Stacy is one of the most humble people I know. Uh, their company, Point Blank Safety Services, has employed 200 off-duty police officers for, for several years and success on protecting the freeways, the highways and everything else has done just amazing things not only for the state of Texas but for the lives of the family officers that need additional income as they protect our lives. So for the fact that her and Michael would set up this fund to help the families in times of need, it's it's really a, a, a beautiful thing. Blue Family Fund is focused on first responders and their families and Recently, Stacey and Michael were able to give a small check to a, the family of a fallen police officer. He was a, a husband and a dad and very touching uh, moment as I watched the video and presentation of the check. And, you know, I, I wanted to hear from Stacy what it meant to her to be able to do that for that family
2: it's amazing um the feel i can't i can't even describe the feeling and then you know when you know i don't feel like it's that much money but then when you hand it to them and they they um, break down crying because it's just enough to maybe get them over the next hurdle or obstacle that they've got going on um it's it's really a great feeling just to be able to to do that and the, the family you're talking about both daughters are actually also firefighters so they're both first responders as well um so just a total first responder family and um, just to be able to give back to them and, and let them know that there are people that that are gonna remember their dad and their husband and there are people that care. It's, it's a really great feeling.
0: One of the things that I think is magical behind Blue Family Fund is because of the success of Point Plank Safety Services, Stacy and Michael have set up Blue Family Fund to where 100% of the donations go back to the families of first responders.
2: How we're different than maybe some other charities, how we pay all the bills for the, the nonprofit ourselves. So every single dollar donated can actually go directly to a family. So literally 100% of all donations are um, handed forward, You know, to, to either a scholarship or to a, a financial aid for a family that has lost a first responder.
0: Blue Family Fund has been my charity of choice for a number of years now and it's truly amazing organization. So if you're a fan of the show and you like the content we put out there, do me a favor, head over to bluefamilyfund.org and send a little financial love their way.
1: conversation of what problems do you have and can we solve them and how? Right. But it is the full spectrum.
0: For you know there's a lot of small business owners and not i come right to you. Um,
1: at what? what point
0: do they start talking to you about their finances?
1: <laughs> yes. Every time you think about no all the time. Um, the financial part has been our saving grace from the very beginning. Having a solid model like we discussed yesterday, figuring out how to monetize what you bring value to, booking all of that revenue and figuring it out, understanding your expenses and how you can change them when your business expands quickly or contracts quickly. Having that sound financial model is super important because information is power and it's one of the things that's in your control as a business owner, you can know your numbers. So having the numbers in the beginning before you actually start, was part of what set us up for success to make sure we got everything set up the way it needed to be, and then continuing to analyze those helped us be able to accrue profits in 2018 and not let people go when that would have been the easy choice. So it's always numbers should be a tool you use all the time. Yeah, one of the things one of my mentors talked about that I
0: really enjoyed was if you run your business, I don't know why, it might, turn that mic off just a second. Like, right. see, there it goes, comes back, to compete with each other. Um, if you run, <laughs> run your business like you run your personal finances, you're going to run your business straight in the ground. And it was one of the things that I did early on: is I handled all my own finances. And if I handled the finances, I was going to fuck them up. Right? Know your numbers. Go so find outsource badass people that can get your shit right. Because I promise you, if you run a business and you're the only one touching your books you're in trouble because you do not know how to run the numbers. Go find people like this to run the numbers.
1: From a partnership standpoint, if um, I needed like professional services to help deploy phones throughout locations in DFW, is that something that you guys would provide? Absolutely. Um, one of the huge projects we actually leaped into infrastructure, which is a big, scary word with lots of syllables for me, non-IT, but it's, when you walk into a building, how does everything communicate? How does your wireless work? How do you access your data? How does every, your phones, like, what is the technology in a building look like? And how do you run it? And our former employer said, we're going to deploy VoIP to all of our 200 and something sites. Well, I'm sorry, over those fancy phones that run over the internet instead of the hard lines. There's no wire anymore. And so going out and doing that across 13 states or however many it was at the time and having boots on the ground and training the employees how to use their new technology and doing all that, that was part of it. So absolutely. We love to be a part of a project. because when we do a really good job. Those people that we're working with might say, hey, I also want you to kind of come over here and fix our server or work on our computers, et cetera. So it can be a great introductory path to a new client.
0: Or a bit of a So for a business owner that's just starting, starting out, um, what are some the of the finance things they need to be looking out for? What should they be doing with their business? I know they need a whole plan, but what are some quick tips they can do Wow. What are some quick tips that they can do? Yeah, wow. he's open. So what, are some, I mean, what can a small business owner do? What should they be looking at numbers-wise in their business?
1: So, two things are really important. The first is obviously going to be how you build your revenue stream. How are you going to invoice? I think as a small business person starting out, it's hard to create, like think of yourself and your knowledge as valuable and charge what you're worth and be able to not just say, I'm going to give away all these services so somebody likes me, like there's an insecurity with figuring out what your rate is, what you're worth, how you're going to invoice. So. Spend a lot of time figuring out in the marketplace, not your view of your own value, in the marketplace what you are doing or going to do is gonna be worth and build that revenue side. And then the second I think most important thing, and I'm gonna send you to our website because there's more information, but it's the concept of being elastic like a rubber band. On the expense side especially, when things stretch or they contract, I think 2020 is a great example how can you very quickly have set up all your expenses so that you they can go up or down quickly as well, and really taking a look at not just oh what bills do I have to pay, but how am I what do those expenses look like? Do I need an office? Should I do a co-working space? What does my technology look like? Um, all those and can it scale quickly back and forth? Um, so I think it's both of those at the same time, and being thoughtful about signing up for subscriptions and signing up for expenses that you're contracted to and how does that look when things change for you in the future?
0: Yeah, I think also for me, one of the things that allowed me to scale the business was automating the entire finance side of things. Like, So nobody that pays me for any services will ever hand me a check. Everything is automated. All the billing's automated. Everything. If people want to pay me, they have to go through some sort of automation to get there. Right. And in doing that, it allows me not to fuck things up. Right. Because if I touch it, it's going to break. Right. To ask Kevin, you don't want me near technology. Right. I will break it. So so by automating everything, it works well. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say, you know, it's not a four letter word. We talked about this, I think, with someone yesterday. Budgets. Budgets are not a four letter word. Um, I do want to say that having a budget seems antiquated and you don't want to do it because it feels like you're going to be constricting what you can spend. And one of the things that Jessica and I teach in our workbook and with our clients is it's the opposite of that. You've got to completely shift your perspective and say, when I have a budget and I have those numbers, I'm giving myself permission to spend the money that I need to spend to get this revenue that I've just defined. And so it's a permission-based Exercise. It's a knowledge-based exercise. It is not a negative thing. So the budget is super important, and I love talking about budgets.
0: <laughs> what are they budgeting? I mean, I know, I know it's their finances, but what in the budget are you? Are they should they be budgeting?
1: So okay. So you want how technical do you want me to go? How's, how awake are you guys today to talk about revenue and expenses? Seriously, how in depth do you want me to go? Because that's go. all. <laughs>
0: They'll shut you up. Go.
1: Well, we talked about revenue, money coming in, expenses, money going out. Um, but I like to take it one step further and consider what's called like a zero-based budget, which means a lot of people make the mistake of saying, I'm going to figure out what's coming in today and what's going out today, and I'm going to think it's going to be the same for a period of time going forward, say a year. And so they set up this number, and they think this is all the inputs, this is all the outputs, and this is what my year is going to look like. And I think that's a mistake. Um, I think 2020 is a great example of how that can be a mistake. So instead, we do a zero-based budget, which is every month you figure out these are all of my business revenue-generating activities that I'm going to embark on or bill for or have money coming in for. And in order to get that, I'm going to spend this money. And it's almost like a constant exercise of reevaluating and never making the assumption that what happened yesterday is going to make sense tomorrow. And so you're kind of working with those numbers all the time.
0: So a lot of people suck at their finances, right? Most of us weren't taught as kids how to manage money, how to you know, budget, how to do anything. So we take a lot of those bad habits into business. How do we get out of those bad habits so we can actually run a business?
1: Hey y'all, I haven't balanced a checkbook in like, I don't think ever on a personal <laughs> level. So you can't, it's your business. If you're gonna put your heart and soul into doing what you love and sharing it with the world, then take the time necessary to make sure the money makes sense too. Like it's just, you do it. There's no excuse. You open the mail, you look at the books, you get, there's cheap accounting packages out there that have fabulous reporting that you can do for almost nothing per month. You start strong with a system that works. You look at your information and you never just put your head in the sand and say, I don't want to deal with it. It doesn't work. It's just, you just do it.
0: But the numbers are scary.
1: Not knowing your numbers are scary. (laughs) That's scarier. Not knowing what's going on is scarier. You almost always create something worse in your mind than the reality. And once you understand what's happening, then you can change it.
0: How many of you guys know right now, the exact amount of money that's sitting in your business bank account? Right. Oftentimes when I'm talking to really small business owners, they have no fucking clue. Right. They have literally have no idea what their numbers are doing. If you're not, Opening up your checking account every freaking day to see what the hell's going on—you're losing, because that means you got shit you've signed up for, things that are going on that you, that funnel of yours is leaking all over the damn place, and once again, that means you're working a job and not running a business, right? So um, now you're on this grand adventure to. Change the world and their, their IT stuff, you're doing all the finance stuff and everything else, where are you taking the company? Where's it going? How big are you going?
1: <sighs> I'll say four-letter words now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, I kind of go against the normal thinking of you have to have a three month plan, you have to have all these plans and all of these projections and all of these goals. And I do believe that you have to have them so you can back into your actionable steps. Um, But I think if I followed that super closely, then when opportunity presented itself, I wouldn't have been able to deviate from the path and take a different direction. So I'm going to start with that hooey little mess of words there. Practically, I have a revenue goal. And I have an employee count goal. And first, it's to maintain our team. And then, of course, it's to add the resources we need. So I start with some of the big outcomes we need. If we want to go here with our team members, what kind of revenue do we need to bring in to be able to support those additional team members? And then what are the steps we're going to take to get there? And it's not just revenue. It's margin. I'll geek out with any of y'all on that later if you want. But it is legitimately, I've started with an employee maintenance, then an employee growth and then a revenue target that helps me back into that and so
0: and that sounds like a lot of work does it it does that's a <laughs> lot of things to be thinking about
1: okay is that bad like we're no 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 no, no no breathing and sleeping and every waking moment is spent on these businesses working with people that you respect and adore and are so thankful to have in your organization so to take the time to think about where you want to take them, or you just totally goaded me. I can see it on your face. To take that time to figure out where you're all going to go together is absolutely required. You just, you do it. It's part of the privilege of being a business leader.
0: And one of the things for some of the solopreneurs in here, you have somebody you're supporting. Treat them like your employees, right? Treat them like their employees and put this plan together and go bigger for them question? We did. So the question was, as a finance person, do they take advantage of the PPE? We, yep.
1: We absolutely did. And we are almost 100% payroll. So for us, having that ability to take us through crazy times has been, you know, life saving for so many companies.
0: Why? Why wouldn't a company take the advantage of that? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, so this is kind of special. I'm going to brag on the team for a second, if I might. Okay. <laughs> so we did the PPP, and we were able to keep our team together. And we ended up having, because, you know, we transitioned a lot of our customers to working remote and hybrid. And once that all kind of settled down, um, we found ourselves with, you know, less tickets and less volume. So, team wants to stay five. By tickets,
0: that means people requesting IT work.
1: User complaints. User complaints. <laughs> <laughs> They're never compliments. User complaints. And so the team was like, we want to give back to other people that are kind of suffering during this time. And so they did a program where they were online for free and interacting with the community. And if you had an IT problem and we can help, call during these times. And it was a free service that they gave. So for them, it was kind of like the paying it forward aspect of the PPP and sharing the knowledge and the information with others that maybe didn't get to take advantage of those resources. And that was super inspiring for our team. So,
0: so imagine that you know a CEO just gets the money from the government that they give to help everybody else out. And instead of hoarding it, they actually opened it up for other people. And literally, they became the IT company for a lot of small businesses at that point. These companies could reach out, get tech support, get outsourced IT, um, and that's how they utilize a lot of the extra funds that that end up coming up from that. Thank you. So what other questions do you guys have? we good? How are we doing on time, Kevin? 15? Um, So next summit.
1: Oh, oh, no. Uh
0: (laughs) Uh-oh. Sorry, I was going to say I was just – Really impressed with you said that you know you had to come a long way in six years from spreadsheets to learning a whole new set of strengths and skills. I just want to know out of all those strengths and skills you've acquired and that you have now, uh, which ones you're most proud of or which one you're most good proud question. of? See, it wasn't even a tough one for me this time. <laughs> it's a good question.
1: I, it's part of the personal growth thing. And it's one of the reasons that Last year and kind of being around people that see the value that I didn't necessarily see in our story has helped and it's through mentoring or these conversations when that one person says hey I heard what you guys have been through and it's inspired me to push forward or to do something great um that's sort of the best thing seeing the team members like we're still in here six years later fighting it's a huge like that's the person the people aspect is number one for me so when i feel like all of this has been for something then for me that's enough and i (laughs) it's true i know that sounds corny but it's it's, totally true that's a real thing it is Uh oh. and so one more thing um and it's why i like talking about this during challenging times no one invites chaos that we've had but every major decision we've made as an organization has been preceded by some kind of crisis so losing all your jobs if you don't relocate (gasps) like everyone's livelihood on the line we're going to start a company um budgets being cut we can't have you anymore oh that could have been really really bad but instead we banded together to figure out how to move forward and so every time we've had something bad happen we've turned it into something really positive so I think leaning in to the hard times and figuring out what you're going to do with that energy and where you're going to focus it is super important.
0: Agreed. Carly?
1: Uh Uh-oh. This is Carly, who I love and adore and is just, oh, every day is better with Carly. Um, So I think one of your best qualities um, as a leader is your relationship approach. And so I want you to talk a little bit about how you tell your team budget's been cut, but I'm going to pour profit into developing you and keeping you. Can you talk more about, I know you talked the word upskilling. Can you talk about that and talk about how you employ your team to want to still be a part of this and to continue to press forward? (laughs) You should talk about how I communicated that. (laughs) No, it's all you. She was one of the team members that was part and is still with us today, part of the growth task force. So that wasn't always a smooth ride. Um, I am open and wear my heart on my sleeve probably to a fault and there has been some learning from that too. Um, So sometimes I maybe overshare and I'm overly authentic and I don't spread that complete message of hope. It's more here's pragmatically what we've got going on. So I've learned to kind of fine tune that slightly as we go. You give enough information to let everybody in on what's going on and create buy-in. Um, But you don't necessarily have to be like, here's the numbers, look at these spreadsheets and this is what we have to do to get there. Um, The reality is we started Envoy to keep the team together. And that is our, like one of our core values is working with people that we care about and respect and that we know have each other's backs. So it was basically an open invitation to say, let's keep the team together. This is going to be really hard. Everyone here is going to be pushed outside their comfort zone Worst case, again, we talked about yesterday, worst case is we fail, right? And then we will have tried and we have to find new jobs anyway. But best case is we get stronger through this. So this is your opportunity to say if there's a way you see we can service our clients better, different certifications that we can get, different product sets we can sell, what is going to help us reach more customers fast because we have to cover everyone's payroll, and what do we need to do as an organization to get prepared for that? So do we need to send you to training? And part of my, um, I would say, part of our agreement together is that even when we don't have work for you, you'll still have a full-time week. And if that means you are attending training or getting a certification that you may not like, (laughs) because we've had a few of those, like you have extra time. And so we need this in certification. So let's go. Um, Then we'll invest in you and we'll all end up better for it one way or another. But it was the team camaraderie from the beginning, I think, and we're in it together and we're going to succeed or fail. And we're still here two years later from the Growth Task Force fighting, fighting to be better, do better, keep the team together, keep people motivated, et cetera. Is that, did I forget the question again?
0: No, that's a good answer. <laughs> What's it like coaching with me?
1: Um, So not a lot of people talk to me the way Donnie does. (laughs) And I think that's probably true for most people. The difference is when you are very tough on me, you're coming from a good place in your heart. And um, I have been on the other end of a tearful conversation (laughs) where I'm crying and he sees everything. And it all comes out. And I think that's really important. People that can talk to you in a way and push you past and make you uncomfortable, like be uncomfortable. is not about comfort. Nothing good happens with comfort. Like pushing somebody through and then you pointing out stuff I didn't see about myself and my insecurity and my weaknesses and your team deserves better than this and how are you gonna make it? And you think these people are awesome. So what are you gonna do to deliver for them? And it, it's a lot, like it's a lot of emotion but it's been a huge growth, growth journey.
0: It you've been really fun to work with because y- you get it, you implement right, and there's we've had some really really tough conversations. A
1: couple of D's right here. Right, <laughs> right.
0: So imagine two D's trying to you know talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's some fuck yous that happened in that conversation, right?
1: mostly from him. <laughs> mostly from him.
0: Right. And then Champions Table, the Mastermind. Yeah. What's that like?
1: So it's really fun to be in a room of people that are facing some of the same challenges you are and have some of the same concerns at the same level because when you interact with others, clients, team members, even your spouses, et cetera, your friends, they can empathize and understand but they just don't necessarily have exactly that same perspective. And so being around other people that have done more or achieved more or had a different kind of problem that you can learn from. Um, it makes all the difference sometimes. Like, you don't have to agree with them, and they don't need to know the answers, but learning from what they've been through changes everything.
0: Well, I mean, I've even you say for me, there's times that somebody will be giving advice to somebody else, and I'm like, fuck, I need to be doing that. Right? And that's, and that's to me, the, is a cool portion about it. You know? So, any last questions from you guys? So, here's how I wrap up. Every show. And I do stump some people.
1: Oh, Lord.
0: So if you were going to leave these guys with a quote, a saying, a mantra, something they can take with them, especially when they're stacked up against it and they're going through the shit. What's that quote or phrase you would say? Remember this. I told you, I, this happens on a podcast all the time. If you listen to it, I stump people on this. There's
1: no reason you couldn't have told me this in advance. No. This is to why me. I want to do it because... There's no reason for this.
0: <laughs> but and what I find often on the show is this is one of the most powerful phrases that comes out of the, every episode.
1: Okay. So, so many things. Um, don't be afraid to fail. Get out of your own head. Figure out how your own personality and what you bring to the world can help those around you. Be genuinely interested in other people. Um, I don't really care what I walk into the office and do from 8 to 5. You can have me doing the finance. I can pay bills, like whatever. But what counts is the people around me and who I spend my time with. And if you're delivering and showing up for them and you've got people around you that make your life better, then I think that's number one. is focusing on the people around you. Now more than ever, that's super clear. I don't know if that's as profound no, as you were awesome. looking for, no. but I think that's
0: no, my head went. It's more profound coming from you, so it's not just me throwing it at them. Well done. Well done. Guys, give a round of applause. <laughs> And yeah, I can do- it was fun. My first live Q and a, uh, you know, you hope those things and the questions go well. And it was just an awesome conversation. I'm so impressed with Nicole and everything she's done on her journey and where she continues to climb and go. You guys do me a favor. If you're not part of the Seth champions, Facebook group, get over there and come hang out. And if you got any nuggets, any value out of the show, Please share it with somebody and tell somebody else how to listen to the show. Keep rocking, guys. We'll catch you next time. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions networking, and it continues to grow.